listeners and welcome back to another episode of the CBT podcast. I'm your host Angie Konganga and you've been and if you've been listening to a, a previous podcast we did something on what is PTSD and types of PTSD and uh, today we will be looking at tips on how you sh- you can cope with PTSD and with me today is um, my friend and she's also my colleague and I'm sure most of you have listened to her uh, uh, with the podcast that we've been doing. And maybe just to uh, let her introduce herself. Hello, listeners. Um, my name, once again, is Margaret Njau from a psychologist from CBT Kenya. It's a pleasure to join you once again as we look to concluding uh, the very extensive topic on post-traumatic <coughs> stress disorder. Yes. Oh, okay, Margaret. Uh, thank you so much, Margaret, and welcome to this uh, podcast. So maybe just a recap. Uh, we discussed and we, uh, through our discussion, we saw that uh, PTSD, which is in full, is post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's, um, it's a condition that has different subtypes depending on one's individual symptoms and uh, through the discussion um, our listeners got to learn that not everyone reacts uh, to traumatic events the same way and each person's response is unique and we looked at the different types so today kindly take us through the coping uh, coping mechanisms of PTSD. Yes, thank you Anjiko. Um, so the introduction was good uh, because we are looking at post-traumatic stress disorder management. Uh, so the assumption we are making you know, from the management is that the individuals are managing it um, after working with a professional and understanding that indeed they are suffering from PTSD because it is important for it to be diagnosed. Uh, yes, it is okay for some of us to try some of the tips without diagnosis, but most of the tips that I'll be talking, some of the tips I'll be talking about, are best implemented with the support of uh, a professional. Yes. So maybe also to mention is that the best way to manage PTSD is through understanding the symptoms and managing the symptoms. And that's why I'm also saying that working the best person to understand these symptoms or to help the person understand the symptoms would be a professional. So that would mean we need to do, uh, Wanjiko, if you allow, a short recap of uh, the symptoms of PTSD. Yeah, as you mentioned, yes, as you mentioned, different people, we, you know, a lot of studies show that everyone has experienced a traumatic uh, event. Uh, either directly or indirectly but we also know that some people don't even you know a great number of the population don't would not identify with that reality maybe because they coped better uh, and others now have ended up you know suffering based on uh, that experience so we said some of the uh, the symptoms of uh, PTSD one is really intrusive thoughts uh, memories um, through dreams, uh, nightmares, as such. Uh, we also said um, another symptom of PTSD is avoidance, where the person, to avoid distress, whether it is emotional or, or so forth, uh, they will avoid uh, interacting with the event or anything that resembles the event. Uh, another one, so they will isolate, they will withdraw, uh, and such like. 
So the other uh, symptom uh, you are able to identify is uh, uh, interference or yeah, impairment uh, in cognition and mood. So that the person um, you know, starts experiencing uh, impaired or dysfunctional uh, thought processes and thereby also affecting their moods. So those are what now from a CBT a form of therapy we would call cognitive distortions or thinking errors. Um, the mood is definitely the person is not feeling so good. So some would be they are easily irritable, uh, anger outburst, and, and such like. Um, uh, and lastly, the other one would be um, uh, a lot of. Uh, changes in physical and emotional reactions. So there will be hyperarousal um, or hyperreactivity uh, based on re-experiencing in form of thoughts, in form of uh, uh, memories or dreams. Yeah. So having with that understanding now, we understand that then the best way to help a person be able to either be resilient or bounce back to their original life or to cope well, we will then need to address those symptoms because as we have, as, as, they, as they are, uh, it's clear that, you know, they are not, um, you know, they're not, you know, they don't help the person um, live, you know, a, a meaningful life. So one way, so in, in short, we're saying to help the person alleviate those symptoms, whether it's the intrusive thoughts, whether it's the moods, whether uh, it's the hyperarousal, and such. Um, so one way of helping them manage that uh, would be working uh, with a professional uh, for individual therapy. So through individual therapies where the person interacts with a professional to help understand why am I feeling the way I am feeling. So the professional will definitely do some screening assessment which will help formulate our diagnosis which is PTSD. So if studies have shown awareness is the first you know uh, step to change you know so once they have that awareness they also help to understand what is PTSD and how does it affect us and what are the prognosis. So that is like what we call psychoeducation because empowerment is very important of any particular condition. So through the individual therapy, the professional, they help to understand that. Uh, so then the professional, they are also given now the, the tips, as Wanjiko, you call them. So some of the tips uh, would be uh, dealing like uh, with the hyperarousal, uh, which is, could be physical or which could be um, say physical or emotional. So the person is either given, is helped to adopt some relaxational techniques uh, because remember that hyperarousal. So they're given relaxational techniques and a very good example of a relaxational technique is deep breathing. Yeah. So you would notice that most of us think that we, ha we know how to deep breathe. But you'd be surprised when you for most of us don't. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and maybe after this, I'll take you through a deep breathing technique. And that is why we will try and, you know, deep breathe, but we don't uh, manage the anxiety or the hyperarousal. Yeah. So the other one is muscle relaxation. You realize when we are very, you know, hypervigilant uh, or hyperaroused, there is a lot of um, 
tension in the body. So and the tension goes to different parts of the body. So through working with professionals, we're able now to understand which areas tense the most or which areas are tense and how to relieve the tension. So that's another thing. Yeah. Um, so through the professional, they're able to learn uh, relaxational techniques. So another good technique uh, is CBT. So CBT is a form of therapy or of helping individuals manage their distress from uh, a cognitive behavioral approach. As we've seen, um, PTE, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, affects us psychologically. It also affects us behavioralize in terms of the way we cope. So CBT will help the individual understand that the interaction of their thoughts, their feelings and behavior because of that experience. So they will understand why are they dysregulated. Yeah? And then through CBT, they'll come up with ways of restructuring uh, these uh, impaired uh, thought processes, which we call cognitive distortions. They will also be helped to manage their feelings uh, through one of the techniques called emotional regulation. Because you see, when we need one to normalize you know, their emotions. That it's no more to feel this way, given that experience. Yeah, because we see PTSD is uh, a, a normal response to an abnormal experience. You know, so then also through CBT, they're able to be helped to manage those distressful emotions and also helped to respond better through their behavior. How are they coping? Remember, part of their coping from PTSD is avoidance. So is avoidance helpful? And I remember this is a question when you were asked in the last episode. And we noticed sometimes the avoidance, you know, um, interferes with the normal functioning of the person. So they're not able to live rich, meaningful lives. They're not able to go to work. Network is very important. They're not able to go to hospital when they have a need or escort a loved one. You know, so they're not able to do the things that ideally would make their lives meaningful because they perceive it in a very impaired manner or distorted manner. So through CBT, they are helped to restructure their thinking patterns, manage those uh, emotions, and also adopt, you know, uh, meaningfully. Because we have two ways of coping with situations. Some we call them maladaptive, and others we call them adaptive. So the best ones are the ones that are adaptive. They help you be able to move on positively. So. Uh, that is part of CBT. Uh, part of also the behavioral management would be exposure therapy. Remember, uh, the reason why most people don't want to do therapy is because they don't want to interact with those experiences. They don't want to talk about them. They don't want to interact with those people or those places because they perceive them to have some adverse consequences. Uh, but we will realize, assuming when you got into an accident, or you get into an accident, you lose a loved one. Uh, if it is PTSD, you'll notice a more, such a person, or you might find yourself avoiding to use that you know, mode of transport. You know, and sometimes it's not convenient, you know, because there are some places you cannot be able to walk to, you know. So that leads to some dis disruptions in the normal functioning. So exposure therapy is very gradual. You know, where sometimes with support, um, you're helped to be able to get into, you know, uh, a bus, you know, with company, 
I realize that it's actually possible to take that bus from here to there, the same area, and not get into an accident. Because the cognitive distortion is the person perceives that every time I get into a bus, or if I get into a, a, a bus, I'll get into an accident. You know, so it is almost an all or nothing way of thinking, or we are fortune telling. And ideally, yes, with people get into accidents, but do they get into accidents all the time? You know, so exposure therapy helps to expose the people uh, gradually, safely, so that now also thought twice they can start now reframing and seeing, oh, I can still be able to do some of the things or all the things I used to do and not have the same, you know, consequence. So that is exposure therapy. Um, uh, I don't know whether I should do other questions so far. Uh, yeah, okay. <coughs> Thank you so much, Margaret, for taking us through the tips. Um, listeners, if uh, you are keen on this, she said something on awareness. Uh, she also said something on <coughs> uh, physical, meaning that uh, take uh, physical. She also said something on CBT, which actually got my attention, uh, where you said that actually it's PTSD. It's a normal re- response to an, to an, an abnormal a reaction or, a, or, a, or an abnormal event. I like the fact that you say that and it's actually it's not, it's something that's normal. People go through this mm-hmm. and through the these tips they can actually be helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then um, I had a question for you Margaret. Okay. Um, so for the uh, okay, for the introduction part, I remember we said each person's reaction is unique. Mm-hmm. So does does this uh, can the these tips can they be helped to everyone or is it selective? Oh, okay, that's a very good question, uh, So therapy is intended, and as we said, working with a professional is very important. Yeah. So because the therapy is tailored for your needs, you know, just like the way you go to um, to a tailor and you want. Uh, suit for an event or even like weddings you know so everyone will get measurement based on you know their size and all that so it's not a one size fits all that is therapy so therapy is also like that it's not one size will fit all so the when i work with a professional they will identify what symptoms am i identifying with is it hypervigilance is it the hyperarousal yeah when i'm easily startled is it avoidance so that exposure therapy would work for me? You know, is it uh, impaired growth processes like the cognitive distortion? Yeah, uh, such. So definitely it will not be a one size fit all. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Margaret. Um, any other tips that you'd like uh, the listeners to know? Yes, so I have uh, about two or three remaining tips. Um, and thank you, our, our listeners. We are really appreciating uh, your feedback so far. Uh, and we say we are open to questions, comments, and suggestions on future topics. Yes, so um, another tip. Uh, remember we said one of the symptoms is hyperarousal. Remember hyperarousal is when the person is very dysregulated. So maybe... Heartbeat, there will be choking of breath, and because of this hyperarousal, some people will have disturbed sleep. So one of the you know symptoms is disturbed sleep. So.
so they will then you will also be uh, assisted with managing their sleep cbt can help however we'll also realize that another way of managing this is through medication so i'll not mention the types of medication because we don't want people to self-diagnose and then self-prescribe right so but there's medication that helps so through a psychologist would refer such a patient to a psychiatrist who is a mental health doctor who will still do their own assessment uh, and they now help the person manage the sleep and other things that the medication could help uh, manage these intrusive uh, you know thoughts through flashbacks and the nightmares which cause the person to not sleep well uh, then the other type, so that's an anti-anxiety type of medication. So we also have antidepressants. So the antidepressants will help manage or suppress the depression that comes with PTSD, the disinterest, you know, and such like. So the medication would help. Um, so that's it on medication. Uh, and maybe another one is uh, social support. So social support is, uh, so, so I'll, link, I'll join the two social support and group therapy. So we will find, remember I had mentioned, people with PTSD avoid. They avoid, one, because they don't want to be exposed to the uh, event, and then again, they don't want to interact with the subject. They don't want to be asked those questions, and, so, and they, then they also feel very different. One of the effects of PTSD when you call is, uh, we call it dissociation, uh, dissociation, where the persons, you know, feels disintegrated from their thoughts, you know, uh, their consciousness. So they feel like they're not one with their mind. And that is very different. So they can start feeling weird. So they develop some social awkwardness. So social support comes in as people who are supporting them from a place of understanding, you know. And the understanding will come in because they have insight on what the person is going through. Yeah, so they will not be very non-judgmental in their support. So group therapy now comes in to even better the, the management because they are able to interact with people who have also gone through the same, are overcoming it or have overcome. So it provides a safe space to talk about it, you know. And the other people will also be able to share how they overcame, you know, and some, most of them will have overcome by you know, exposing themselves to those conversations, you know, talking about those things. So by just hearing those stories, one, it normalizes their thoughts, their feelings, their behavior, and also gives them hope that, it, it, you know, it, they can be able to overcome. So as mentioned in other forms of therapy, the best therapy is the one that is very integrated. So that I'm doing uh, relaxational techniques, um, also, if possible, uh, or if need be, I'm taking medication, I have social support, there is group therapy, and such like, so that the outcome there we can predict would be very good. So that is it, Wanjiko, uh, from me, unless there's a question. Uh, thank you so much, Margaret. Maybe to take us back to our previous episode, uh, I remember we said something on research. Um, researchers have found that people with PTSD, um, they are a they are at much greater risk of developing uh, a number of other mental illnesses mm -hmm. uh, such as anxiety, depression, eating disorders, mm -hmm. substance use disorders. So um, is that is that right? Very true, Angiko, yes. Oh, okay. Very true. So those are the ones we call comorbidities. comorbidities. Yeah, that against a condition, there can be another one lying. And it can be one or two. You brought in a nice subject, which we can actually... Uh, 
think about for future, for our for our listeners in future um you know comorbidities uh, ptsd comorbidities uh, and one of them is actually substance the reason remember uh, substance examples of substances are, are like alcohol marijuana psychedelics and the like the reason why people use substance even those who are not dependent to them is because they make them feel good they excite the brain you know so if i've interacted with substance and i know it makes me feel a certain type of way good relaxes me calms me and then i go through this hyper arousal and all those not so good moods depression i might find myself leaning to to use and if i'm not dealing if the symptoms are not lifting or going away i may find myself using the substances even more so then now that leads to an addiction so you even have people seeking help for addictions but the underlying issue is actually a ptsd so if the ptsd is actually not is not addressed then we have a lot we call it relapse people keep going back to using the substances and they even cross addict to even more more harmful substances yes so part of treatment should also be able to address such conditions if they are in existence Yes. Okay, so here is my next. Here's where my question comes in because mm. you 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 mentioned something of on hyperarousal mm. and you said something on the heart racing and everything. So, um, is panic attack as um a, a, a mental disorder that's associated with PTSD? Um, yes, uh, yes and no. Uh, because um, there is PTSD and then there is panic attacks and anxiety. So they are all under the umbrella of uh, anxiety-related disorders. Yeah, any disorder that causes dysregulation, you know, that causes that is that leads to uh, tension, fear, worry, nervousness, on edge, and all leading to those other physiological symptoms that we are talking about: heart racing, skipping, nausea, uh, choking of breath, uh, you know, some people fainting, and the like. Yes. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Margaret. Um, it was nice listening to you and sharing your thoughts. Uh, also, listeners, thank you for listening in. If you have any questions, comments, kindly reach out to us. You can also um, tag us. Uh, maybe also, I mean, you can also share your comments on our social pages on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Where we update our updates regularly. So kindly uh, send any feedback that you might have on this podcast so thank you margaret and uh, we'd like to have you back on our next episode okay so for now that's it thank you so much listeners for listening in